already warm. It's going to be a hot day. Yeah, well, not too much longer, though. Soon to be September. Praise the Lord, folks. Let's grab our hymnals at this time, and we'll stand for our final hymn of the morning prior to the message. Open up to 130. Hymn 130. How we love to sing this hymn, because it says it all. Yes, there is power in his blood. First, second, and fourth. From your burden of sin, there's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would your evil a victory win? There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Faster than snow. This is power in the blood, power in the blood. Come for a cleansing to Calvary's tide. There's wonderful power in the blood. Yes, there is. There is power, power, wonder working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is Your king, hey, there's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you live daily? His praises to sing. There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, working power in the blood of the Lord. There is power, power, working power in the Praise the Lord, folks. Please be seated. Oh, the power of Jesus' blood. How we love that. And I love that third stanza. It says, would you be whiter, much whiter than snow. That's what the blood can do. There's power in the blood. Sin stains are lost in its life-giving flow. <laughs> wow. What a great, great hymn that is. Praise the Lord, folks. Let's grab our hymnals at this time. <laughs> yeah, let's sing again. Let's grab our Bibles and open up to Luke's Gospel this morning. <laughs> Luke's Gospel. And uh, chapter 8 this morning, Luke chapter 8. Uh, tonight, just a quick note, we will be back in our studies on the Olivet Discourse of Matthew 24. And uh, I look forward so much to that. Last Sunday night, the Lord had me go a different direction, and that's fine. The Holy Spirit leads, but tonight we get back to it. And, of course, the Olivet Discourse is all prophecy, where the Messiah gave the disciples all of the signs of the end time and all that would come upon Israel in the tribulation period, the Antichrist. He talked about it all. He talked about the second coming, the judgment on the nations, everything. And so it's such incredible material. We'll look at that again tonight. As you're turning to Luke chapter 8, let me give you this. They say that Finn and Huck were the best of friends. 
But when Finn up and died, they said, no need to worry, Huckleberry Finn. <laughs> Here in Luke chapter 8 this morning, people, the Lord Jesus Christ is busy about his earthly ministry, of course, and he has just cast out a legion of demons from the maniac of Gadara. Remember this passage here in Luke chapter 8 where he finds this man totally demon-possessed and he healed him and they find the man sitting at the feet of Jesus clothed and in his right mind. Amen? Because if a man is not sitting at the feet of Jesus clothed, he's not in his right mind. Right? We need the Lord Jesus to be in our right mind, people, this morning. But that's not what I want to preach today. Uh, look with me in, in Luke chapter 8. Drop down with me to verse 41. I want to talk to you about a man named Jarius. Jarius. And I want to speak to you on the faith of Jarius. In Luke chapter 8, verse 41, we read, And behold, there came a man named Jarius, and he was a ruler of the synagogue. And he fell down at Jesus' feet and besought him that he would come into his house. For he had only one daughter, about 12 years of age, and she lay a-dying. But as he went, the people thronged him, Jesus. And a woman, having an issue of blood 12 years, <laughs> Jesus encounters another need on the way to Jairus' house, a woman with an issue. So he pauses to help her out. Drop down with me, and he does. <laughs> Drop down with me now to verse 49. While he yet spake, there cometh one from the ruler of the synagogue's house, Jairus, saying to him, Thy daughter is dead. Trouble not the master. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him saying, Fear not, believe only, and she shall be made whole. Beloved, I want to call your attention to my text this morning in verse 50. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him saying, Fear not, believe only, and she shall be made whole. I want to speak to you on the faith of Jairus, Father in heaven, how we thank you for this most incredible passage in Luke chapter 8. And Lord, how we thank you that this man Jairus, though he was a ruler, yet he saw his great need, and his daughter lay a-dying. And oh God, we're thankful that he went to the right place, the feet of Jesus. Lord, we're so grateful this morning that we can come to the feet of Jesus. I'm so thankful this morning that we've got a God in heaven that loves us. We've got a Savior who died for us. We've got a Holy Spirit that strengthens us. And we've got a Jesus to come to in time of need. Lord, I pray that you would help us to see this morning the most incredible faith of Jarius. And Lord, that our faith in thee would be strengthened thereby. We thank you for the purpose of the word of God to increase our, our faith as it does. Lord, we thank you that it's alive. We thank you that it's powerful. We thank you that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It reaches our heart of hearts. Lord, we ask you to bless your word now by your Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Now, beloved, <clears throat> the Lord here in Luke chapter 8 is going about his earthly three-and-a-half-year ministry with great vigor and determination. He's healing the sick, raising the dead, feeding the hungry, and opening deaf ears, opening blinded eyes. And the event 
describing Jairus and his daughter is recorded three times for us in three of the four Gospels. So for the next few moments, I want us to focus in on the faith of Jairus, and I'd like us to notice three things concerning it. First, notice how his faith was tried and tested. Go with me to verse 41 again of Luke chapter 8. In verse 41, we read, And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue. And he fell down at Jesus' feet and besought him that he would come into his house. For he had only one daughter, about 12 years of age, and she lay dying. But as he went, the people thronged him. Now drop down to verse 49. His faith brought him to the feet of Jesus, right? But look at 49. While he yet spake, there cometh one from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying to him, Jairus, thy daughter is dead. Trouble not the master. Wow. Beloved, Jairus here is going through the trial of his life. <laughs> he has only one child, a 12-year-old girl. And now she's fallen ill. And now she's dying. There's nothing more the doctors could do. Apart from a miracle of God, she was about to pass away. He goes to Jesus Christ. Why? Because he had faith that Jesus could heal her. Do you have faith this morning that Jesus Christ can take care of any problem that you face in your life? Because I'm here to tell you this morning that he is able to do exceeding abundantly above. All that we ask or think, according to his great power that worketh through us. Oh, he is able, and Jarius knew it. Beloved, every single one of us are going to face trials in our lives. We're going to face difficult circumstances that we have no control over. We're going to face situations that we have no answer for. And we're going to need to come to the feet of Jesus. We're either going to have to follow Jarius' faith and go to the right source. Amen? Psychiatrists can't help you. <laughs> Mass General, great hospital, but without Jesus Christ, you're done. <laughs> you need Jesus. Listen, Jarius' storm now gathers thick clouds of darkness. She's almost to the point of death. The picture becomes bleak and hopeless. But Jesus is on the scene. <laughs> But Jesus is on the scene. I remember when Zena, our oldest daughter, was five. My sister Ellie happened to be there in New York. We were going through Bible college and getting ready for the mission field. And my sister Ellie happened to be there with um, Mike, and they were visiting from uh, New Hampshire. We lived in western New York at the time. And Zena had one of her seizures. She had scary ones, man. You couldn't tell she was breathing. And this one was particularly bad. And I got my ear down to her nostrils, couldn't feel anything. And don't you know, Ellie and Mike and me and Marion got around Zena, after we called 911, we got around her, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, please make her breathe, Lord. Please save our daughter. You Don't you know we needed Jesus Christ at that moment? And don't you know he came through? She's a wonderful woman of God today. I gave her a big hug Friday. Uh, morning before going to work, I, at th Thursdays we sleep over Zena's visit with the grandkids. And I sold her and I looked her in the eye and I said, Sweetheart, you are such a wonderful woman of God. 
And she really is. Why? Because Jesus was there when we needed him. Amen. And he'll be there for you, beloved. Listen carefully. The picture becomes very dark. Go with me to Psalm 107. In Psalm 107. And look with me at verse number 4. God will bring a storm into your life so that you'll need his son. Look at it. In Psalm 107, <clears throat> look at me at verse 4. They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. They had no hope. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses. <laughs> Uh, I love it. Jarius cried unto the Lord in his distress, and he delivered him. And he delivered his daughter. Drop down to verse 12. Psalm 107, verse 12. Therefore, he brought down their heart with labor. Who's the he of verse 12? God. They fell down, and there was none to help. I hope somebody's listening this morning, because God is going to put you in a situation where there's no human help available and you need God look at it then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble and he saved them out of their distresses he brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and break their bands in sunder he set them free <laughs> this is so good look with me if you're still in Psalm 107 look at verse 18 18 their soul abhorreth all manner of meat you ever get so distressed that you can't eat? That you know you're in trouble when you can't even eat anything. Their soul abhorreth all manner of meat, and they draw near unto the gates of death. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saveth them out of their distresses. Are you seeing a pattern, beloved? 25. 25. For he commandeth and raiseth the stormy wind. Time out, church. Who brought the storm? In verse 25, God, why did he do it? Let's read on. Which lifteth up the waves thereof. They mount up to the heaven. They go down again to the depths. Their soul is melted because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man. This is a, a, a sh little ship at sea about to go under. They are at their wit's end. <laughs> Anybody been there? At your wit's end, where you had no way of delivering yourself from your situation. I've been there. Then they cry unto the Lord. The whole design of the storm. In their trouble, and he bringeth them out of their distresses. He maketh the storm a calm. So that the waves thereof are still. Folks, you know what? Sometimes the waters of our lives will be crashing against the sides of our ship. And wow, we don't know which way to look but up. And then the Lord just stills that thing like a mirror. No waves at all. And, ah, because God delivered you. I'm here to tell you this morning that in Luke chapter 8, look at it. Jarius' faith was tried and tested. By his daughter's illness. Amen? And God is going to try and test your faith. Now, realize here, church, that the Lord is the one in Psalm 107 and in Luke chapter 8 that brought the storm into Jarius' life. And he is the one who could disperse that storm. The only one. But why? 
Why would God allow stormy trials to come into our lives? Listen, it's because just like Jarius, our faith must be tried and tested. Amen? In other words, you'll never see God act on your behalf, beloved, until you need God. You have to have a situation in your life where you can't do anything about it, but God can. And he does. And what happens? Your faith is strengthened. You say, God did this for me. David said, I slew the lion and the bear, and the Lord will deliver this Philistine into my hands, Goliath. And he did. <laughs> Woo! Slingshot. Woo! Sunk right into his head, right? Oh, man. Our faith must be tried. Some years ago, in a testimony meeting down south. They had down south, they, Ellie used to live down there. She knows. They'll have these testimony meetings. Everybody get up and give a testimony what the Lord did. An illiterate Christian woman stood up and said that she was always blessed by the words and it came to pass in the Bible. She said, when I was all upset by troubles and problems, I would just go to my Bible and I'd never get far before I'd read and it came to pass. And that's when I'd say, bless God, it didn't come to stay, it came to pass. <laughs> Folks, listen to me. Your fiery trial, whatever it is you go through, didn't come to stay. It came to pass. Because Jesus Christ is your Savior. With Jesus, all things are possible. I'm so thankful that old gal knew what she was talking about. It'll come to pass. First, Jerry's faith was tried and tested. But secondly, this morning, something else I want you to notice concerning the faith of Jarius. Notice how it operated. Go with me back to our text in Luke chapter 8. Drop down with me to verse 50. Notice how it operated. Verse 50. But when Jesus heard it, <laughs> I love this. Look at verse 49, the last part. Thy daughter is dead. Trouble not the master. Don't you know Jesus heard the servant say that? But when Jesus heard it, he answered him saying, what? Fear She's dead. And Jesus said what to him? Fear not. Ooh, fear not. Next two words. Believe. Believe only. And she shall be made whole. Folks, your faith in Jesus Christ can unlock supernatural miracles. Only believe, Jesus said, 51. And when he came into the house, he suffered no man to go in, save Peter and James and John and the father and mother of the maid. Now notice, those who were scoffing, those who did not believe were not allowed in. 52. And all wept. Why? She's dead. She's done. Hold her funeral, man. All wept and bewailed her. But he, Jesus, said, Weep not. She is not dead, but sleepeth. Now, verse. before I continue here, verse 52 shows us that the girl was a true believer because she was physically dead. But Jesus says there's no death to a believer. She sleepeth. <laughs> Amen. 53. And they laughed him to scorn, knowing that she was dead. You know, there's a lot of mockers in the world today. And you try to tell them about Jesus, and they mock and they scorn. Mockers in the last days. That's what they are. Now listen carefully, beloved. It was his faith 
that first led him to Jesus' feet for help. And it was his faith that enabled him now to depend upon Jesus' word that it would be well. It was his faith that now procured this incredible miracle that's about to take place. Look at verse 50. When Jesus heard it, he answered him saying, Jarius, fear not. Wow. Wow. You know what, folks? God will bring you to the point of no return. God will bring you to the point where you have absolutely no answer to your dilemma. And he'll say, I'm here. I'm with you. Don't worry about a thing. It's going to be okay. Now listen, if you have this promise of Jesus Christ, you don't have to sweat it. Did you hear what I said? You don't have to sweat it. It's on his shoulders. He says, I'm taking over this situation in your life, and I'm going to deliver you from it. I am able, for I am God. It is in this manner that true faith operates. Listen, it leads us to Jesus Christ for relief. True faith will make us importunate in prayers. That means we're bombarding the throne of God in Jesus' name. Romans chapter 4, hold your place again. We're coming back in Romans. Go with me to chapter 4, an incredible chapter concerning the faith of another man named Abraham. And watch what the Bible says concerning his faith. In Romans chapter 4, verse 18, we read, I want to show you how faith operates. Biblical saving faith. I'm not talking about temporal faith. They're spelt different. Verse 18. Who, speaking of um, Abraham, who against hope, what? Believed. Believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. I'm going to change your name from Abram to Abraham. According to that which was spoken so shall thy seed be. Now let me give you the picture here. Isaac had just died. Isaac, Isaac was about to die, I should say, on Mount Moriah. Remember, he told him, sacrifice him to the Lord. And he was going to, the knife was coming down. Now watch verse 19. And being not weak in faith, <laughs> there's a key, he, Abraham, considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Sarah, Sarah was 90. 90 where old woman can't have a baby, normally. <laughs> he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And, look at it, being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. Listen to me, folks. Like Abraham, like Jarius, we need to be fully persuaded that whatever God promises you and me, He is able to perform. You're not able to perform. He is able to perform. Amen? That's how faith operates. It triumphs over our present circumstances by believing God. Someone wrote, Faith is not believing that God can, but that God will. Faith sees the invisible, believes the incredible, and receives the impossible. Faith. Listen, from the Gospel banner, someone wrote on faith and doubt. Doubt sees the obstacles. Faith sees the way. Doubt sees the darkest night. Faith sees the day. Doubt dreads to take a step. Faith soars on high. Doubt questions who believes. Faith answers I. <laughs> I, amen. Faith says I believe God. 
and what he promises in his word. We've seen how Jarius' faith was tried and tested. And we've seen how Jarius' faith operated. But thirdly this morning and finally, notice concerning the faith of Jarius, notice how it was rewarded. First, back to Luke chapter 8. Notice how his faith was rewarded. Verse 54, look at it. We read in verse 54, And he, Jesus, put them all out and took her by the hand and called, saying, Maid, arise. Folks, I don't have time to get into this, but a resurrection is taking place in verse 54 at the word of Jesus. He's raising the dead with just a word. And look at it. And her spirit came again, spirit and soul, back into the body. And she arose straightway, and he commanded to give her meat. And her parents were astonished. But he charged them that they should tell no man what was done. Now follow me closely in closing this morning. First, faith must be tried and tested in the furnace of affliction. Then, faith must be found operational in the sphere of trust and expectation. And then, true faith will finally be greatly rewarded. Amen? See how his faith was rewarded? He rose the girl back to life. Why? Listen to me. If Jarius called for the, uh, for the mortician and called the funeral home and said, Ah, come and get her, she's dead. He never would have received the miracle. But instead, he believes Jesus Christ and he receives that which was impossible to man. True faith will finally be greatly rewarded. Notice now how Jesus casts out those who did not believe. Go to verse 54. And he, Jesus, put them all out and took her by the hand. 53. They laughed him to scorn, knowing that she was dead. What did the people in verse 53 lack that Jairus had? Faith. <laughs> they didn't have... Now, don't, don't miss this. Without faith, you cannot see miracles of God. See that? He put them out and shut the door. Look at it. He shut the door behind them. You're not welcome here where faith is operating. Folks, I'm here to tell you this morning that without faith, it is impossible to know God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And without faith, it is impossible to see God work in your life. It all hinges on the faith of the believer. Now, <clears throat> listen carefully. They did not believe, not having faith, they were excluded from the great miracle. Next, observe how Jesus rewards the faith of Jairus and his wife with admission to witness the miracle. Look at verse 51. Verse 51, and when he, uh, uh, Jesus, came into the house, he suffered no man to go in, save Peter and James and John and the father and the mother of the maid. Now notice in verse 51, the only people allowed in to the place of the miracle were those who believed. You see that? There was no unbelievers present. Why? Because God will not work amongst unbelief. But he will work mightily amongst those who believe on his son. Glory to God. That'll preach. Now, next, 
Notice his faith triumphing in victory. Verse 54. And he, Jesus, put them all out and took her by the hand. Don't you know they're watching? <laughs> and called saying, and listening, made arise. Folks, listen to me before I continue here. One day, Jesus Christ is going to say, June, arise. Ellie, arise. Dawn, Jason, Rita, all of you, arise. And you will. Either by rapture or by bodily resurrection from the grave. When he says, get up, you and I are getting up. <laughs> I'm so glad. His words in red have the power to raise the dead. Wow. And her, look at it, and her spirit came again, and she arose straightway. Uh, she didn't, notice she didn't have to get baptized to be resurrected. She didn't have to join the church, put money in the plate, spit nickels and do cartwheels. No, she immediately arose straightway, and he commanded to give her meat. He said, boys, give her something to eat. She's got to be hungry by this time. <laughs> to prove she's alive. And her parents were astonished. I love verse 56. They look at each other. Honey, our daughter is alive because of Jesus. <laughs> the same thing happened to me and my wife 30 years ago. Well, 25, I should say. Zena was five. And we looked at each other and said, she's alive. She's alive. She's alive. Oh, man. You will see the miracles of Jesus. You know the feeling of being astonished by something Jesus has done for you, don't you? Every one of you could stand up and give testimony of some miracle that Jesus has performed in your life. And say, you know what Jesus did for me on October 3rd, 1972? Let me tell you all about it. Why? Because you were astonished at what he did. <laughs> Notice there's no man involved in here. No good works. Nothing but faith. Faith in Jesus Christ's ability. That's all you need. Listen, let me give you three inferences from our text and I'll be done this morning. Three things we learn. First, that every one of us can expect troubles and heartaches in this veil of tears below. Did you hear what I said? Every one of us can expect heartaches and troubles. In Job put it this way. Man is born unto trouble as the sparks fly upward. He says, mark it down, you're going to get... The devil will make sure you get into trouble. But Jesus Christ is able to deliver us from that trouble. Secondly, that instead of allowing our circumstances and troubles to defeat us and overwhelm us, we must let them only drive us closer and nearer to our compassionate, caring Lord Jesus Christ. Hear what I said? I said, instead of letting our problems overwhelm us, let them draw you closer to Jesus Christ. I love that verse. It says that he fell at the feet of Jesus. <laughs> he didn't go to the doctor. He didn't go to the pharmacy. He went to Jesus. Thirdly, that learn thirdly that we must acquiesce. That is, accept willingly whatever the Lord bestows for the outcome. Did you hear what I said? Hey, Jesus didn't have to raise that girl back to life. He did. But did he have to? No, no. He could have told Jarius, you will be reunited with your daughter in heaven because she was a believer and you and mom are believers. He could have done that. He would have been justified. But he received the miracle. What am I saying? I'm saying that we must acquiesce. That is, accept whatever Jesus allows for the outcome in that situation. 
Amen? I am not preaching this morning that whatever you miracle you want, you're going to get. That's a health, wealth, and prosperity gospel. It's non-existent in the Bible. You get what God says. Amen? They got their daughter back because Jesus said they could have their daughter back. Period. You see that? Acquiesce in what Jesus decides is best for the situation and you'll be fine. The faith of Jarius, indeed. Beloved, let me give you this in closing and I'll be done. Some centuries ago, world-renowned painter Raphael, who was also a strong Christian, he died at the tender age of 37. Life expectancy wasn't very long in those days. He had been working on his greatest masterpiece, he titled The Transfiguration, when he suddenly took ill and died. Though the painting was incomplete at the time of his death, the people at his funeral procession carried the painting along with the coffin as a symbol of the brevity of life and the incompleteness of this life. Beloved, life is too short. Life is too short. Raphael never had a chance to finish his greatest work. But listen to me. Because it's so short, let us live our lives with the faith of Jarius. With the faith of Jarius. Father in heaven, I we thank you this morning for the faith of Jarius. Lord, I want to thank you that his faith was indeed tried and tested severely. But Lord, I want to thank you that we saw how his faith operated in the time of that testing, the time of that great trial. And then, Lord, most of all, we want to thank you for the example here of how Jarius' faith was rewarded. Lord, I thank you that all true faith is rewarded by the God of heaven. Lord, I thank you that faith is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Lord, we thank you for the gift of faith. Lord, I thank you that faith cometh by hearing the word of God. Lord, we thank you that it's the faith of Jesus Christ that has been given to us by the Holy Ghost within. Yes, we believe this book, but it's only because of the gift of faith that we've received. Oh, Lord, if we could ever grab hold of this profound truth that faith, saving faith, is your gift to those who seek it. Lord, we love you this morning, and we thank you for the fine, shining example of Jarius. And we thank you that his faith is spoken of even today, some 2,000 years later, because of how it operated and how it was rewarded. Lord, my prayer this morning for this church is that every single one of us would learn to operate in our daily lives in the faith of Jarius. <laughs> Believing the unseen, receiving the impossible, seeing the invisible. Oh, Lord, we thank you that it'll be worth it all when we see Jesus. <laughs> help us to live by faith, Lord, not by sight. Lord, help us to live for the unseen, not the seen. And Lord, help us to glorify you in our lives. We thank you for it all in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Folks, let's grab our hymnals at this time. We'll stand for a brief invitation <clears throat> this morning. And let me ask you before we begin singing, how's your faith? Don't answer out loud. How's your faith this morning? Does your faith need a little sharpening? Does your faith need a little increase? Does your faith need a little shot in the arm? I'm so glad that the Lord has that for you this morning.
He can strengthen your faith. He can bolster it up and he can improve it. He's able to do all things. So look with me here. And uh, let's open up our, <clears throat> our uh, hymnals to hymn 65. Hymn 65. It all begins at an old rugged cross. Saving faith comes from going to an old wooden cross where a Savior died for you. And look with me here in hymn 65. We'll stand and we'll sing the first, second, and fourth. Altar is open if you need it. <clears throat> maybe you just want to come and thank the Lord for the faith He has given you. Or maybe you want to come and ask Him for even more. <laughs> He's able. Maybe you're facing a situation that you need stronger faith to get through. He's got that for you this morning. He'll assure you. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. Thank you, Lord. And I love that old cross where the dearest and best for a
the Lord. Thank you, Lord, that there is a cross to have faith in. Father, thank you that the cross is where we find saving faith. When we come to the cross of Jesus Christ, a miracle takes place. <laughs> you bestow faith to believe every word of the Bible. <laughs> it's a gift of the Holy Spirit that indwells us, Lord. We thank you so much that through that cross, the blood of Jesus Christ is applied to our inner man and washes us white as snow. Then we become in a position where we are able to receive the miracles of God. Lord, we're so thankful this morning. Oh, we're so thankful for the faith of Jairus. And we're so thankful that the cross has not lost its power. It's still the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. <laughs> we love you, Lord, and we thank you for increasing our faith this morning through the preached word. We thank you for the anointing of your Holy Spirit that accompanies it. We thank you, Lord, that by your Holy Spirit, through your Holy Word, you increased our faith this morning. <laughs> Lord, I'm so grateful that whatever situation any of us face this week, or next week, or next month, or next year, if you should tarry, we'll have the faith of Jesus Christ to face that dilemma. And Lord, we'll have the faith to operate through it. And we'll have the faith to receive rewards for it. We love you, Lord, this morning. We thank you for it in Jesus Christ's name. The people said, Amen. 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 Praise the Lord, folks. Tonight at 6, if you can, uh, we're going to...